0: Ed Robertson welcoming you to a brand new edition of TV Confidential Radio Talks about television that will play part two of a conversation that began on our last program with Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers, the actress known around the world as Jennifer Hart on Heart to Heart and the founder and president of the William Holden Wildlife Foundation, a nonprofit organization that Stephanie started in 1982 to continue and further the conservation work that William Holden started in East africa william holden will be honored posthumously with the next hollywood golden Era award as part of the gold coast international film festival in great Neck, new york that's coming up the first week of may we'll ask stephanie how she came to start the william holden wildlife foundation plus she'll answer some email questions about some of her movie and tv roles plus we'll also find out Which movie was William Holden's favorite movie and why? We'll play part two of our conversation with Stephanie Powers in our second hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we will start off this week's program by welcoming actor, author, screenwriter, producer, and acting teacher, Joe Coyle. Joe's screen credits include Promised Land, Jack Reacher, Won't Back Down, Ocean's Eleven, Out of Sight, Three Kings, Zoolander, and the live TV production of... Failsafe that uh, George Clooney produced for CBS television in uh, 2000. Joe has also been directed by Gus Van Zandt, John Woo, Steven Soderbergh, David O. Russell, George Clooney, speaking of which, Ben Stiller, and Richard Linklater, while he has shared screen time with George Clooney, Matt Pitt, Matt Pitt, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Tom Cruise, Brian Dennehy, Mark Wahlberg, Courtney Cox, Harvey Keitel, Don Cheadle, many, many, many other outstanding actors. Joe Coyle also has a lot of experience as a stand-in on major motion pictures, including George Clooney's stand-in on nine feature films and Ben Affleck's stand-in on four movies. He has also written, directed, and produced several short films and has taught acting in many venues on the East Coast. Joe Coyle is also one of the contributors to an anthology of short stories that we will tell you more about in just a second. Joe Coyle, welcome to TV
1: Confidential. Thank you very much. It's really great to be here. Appreciate you inviting me on to talk about good stuff.
0: Talk about a lot of good stuff. I know a little bit about stand-ins because of my association with a man named Louis Delgado. Louis Delgado was, uh, uh, was James Garner's stand-in for about 40 years. But for those who are not familiar with the term, what does a stand-in do in movies and television?
1: Well, I've been asked this a lot of times, and what, the way I answer that is I went to 12 years of Catholic school <laughs> where you were told to stand still and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> So I was uh, I was bred for that position. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. First of all, you have to look somewhat like uh, the actor, and uh, the more the better, because then they can use you as a photo double as well, mm-hmm. which is less expensive than obviously bringing in another person, and it's a lot of lot less expensive than having a stunt double do something where you know they just have to see something over your shoulder or you know from thirty yards away standing next to uh, the, the leading lady or something like that. But, you know, what makes a good stand-in is that when they set up the shot, they bring the first team in, which are the actors, the cast, and they bring all the department heads in, and they review the scene. So they go into the bar, for instance, and this person's going to sit there, and that person's going to sit there, and then the bartender's going to make the drinks and come down here, and at that point this person slaps that person, and, you know, on and on and on. And so all the department heads are there to make sure that they have, you know, the timing and the lighting and the sound all those production things, but the stand-ins are there to watch and to, like, really take some, – some stand-ins take notes. They have a notebook with them all the time, so they know all what beats, when to do what. And so it's really important that you can do that so that when uh, they clear first team, okay, uh, uh, first team get in the works, which means go back to your trail, put in your uh, uh, wardrobe, hair, or makeup, and second team comes in, second team goes in there, and they – Stand in, or sit in, or lay in, or whatever it is, whatever the scene calls for, and the lighting technicians go to work. The grips, sound—they start, uh, you know, putting the mics where is a good place for it, and and set up the camera, and uh, and that's pretty much it. And then you know, many times they ask you to actually run the line, so you have to be somewhat of an actor. Uh, other uh, directors of photography and directors don't want you to do anything but stand there and walk through the beats, uh, and that that's. Pretty much it. You you know you just have to be able to, you know, focus. And and the hard part for a stand-in for, I'm going to say an A-list actor or actress is that you don't get caught up in the moment. The fact that you're standing next to George Clooney or Ben Affleck or uh, Kate Blanchett or whoever it may be. You know, you're there to do a job, and you do it. You have to be pleasant and get along. But getting back to what I originally said, you know, you, you speak when you're spoken to, and uh, if you can do that and there's other things, then uh, you can make a a decent career out of it. And then the actor or actress um, puts you in their contract, and that way you travel with them, which I did. And uh, it's a a nice living. But it's difficult in that I went into the business to be an actor. Mm
0: -hmm. Maybe not a
1: star, but be an actor. So you want to get in there, you want to do it. But you have to put that on hold to let them do it. You don't want to take center stage. You're taking very much backstage and doing your job, keep your mouth shut. And and that's, that's kind of it. That's my best explanation for it.
0: Yeah. It's, it is not something that people who aspire to be an actor necessarily aspire to be. You don't go through all the training and, and log in all the hours in acting school and, and work in the theater to be a stand in per se. But as you just laid out very well, Joe, if you are given that opportunity, it can be a good foothold into the film industry. And if you are lucky enough to be attached to a major star uh, like a George Clooney, uh, which you have been, not only can it lead to steady work, um, but depending on what you're looking to do and how you're leaving, looking to leave your mark, in the industry, it could lead to other opportunities either in front of or behind the camera.
1: Absolutely, I I would tell any young person who wants to really know about film and how to make a film, uh, if you get an opportunity to be a stand-in, you should definitely do it because you are, by by the end of the show, you're on first name basis with, I mean, the the, the DP, and if it's a big show, it's it's an award-winning DP. Uh, uh, gaffer, uh, uh, key grip, uh, uh, set designer, director, producer, first assistant director, all those folks are all, and, and the actors are all right there talking about their craft and how to put it together. And over time, this will become part of your vocabulary and you'll be able to see, what you, you'll be able to anticipate what's coming next. Okay, after this they're going to need this shot, after this they're going to need this shot, and on and on. And, on. and so I, I felt as though I really got an education in film, maybe more so than acting, uh, but definitely in filmmaking by doing uh, doing what I did. And I'd encourage anyone to do it. You'd you have to put your ego to the side, but that's life. That's showbiz.
0: Well, that that is showbiz. And, a, and as you say, if, if you're wanting to pay attention and absorb the environment in front of you, I mean, it's not just standing, it's not just standing still or sitting at the bar while they're setting up the next camera setup i mean it's 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 an opportunity where you can see what you 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 have the entire leg of production laid out in front of you so you can observe what other people are doing as you're doing your job and and as you say that can lead to a lot of other opportunities
1: i had a great time and i and i wouldn't regret it and friends of mine uh stayed back in new york and kind of looked down their nose at me a little bit for for doing it for selling out You know, in the meantime, they're still waiting tables or bartending, and I was, you know, I was eventually able to buy a house and, you know, have insurance and start a family and things like that, which, you know, which is what I wanted to do eventually, and I was able to to do it. I'm not so sure. That would have happened
0: if I stayed in New York and bartended. Yeah, Joe 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 Coyle uh, has been a member of SAG-AFTRA since 1996, which means he has been a working professional actor. That's the, that's the key. A working professional actor for nearly 30 years. Joe's screen credits include such films and TV series as Friends, Ocean Eleven, Out of Sight, Three Kings zoolander and the live tv production of Failsafe. he is all as, as mentioned he was george clooney's stand in for the last two seasons of er and nine of clooney's motion pictures joe coyle has also produced several featured films under his own name in his own right uh, including can't stop dancing a film starring margaret Cho, bob odenkirk fred willard janine garofalo Ileana Douglas, and Anthony Edwards. He has also written and directed and produced several short films. I'm going to ask him about that in just a second. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Joe Coyle is also one of the contributing writers to Beyond Where the Buses Run, Beyond Where the Buses Run, a collection of short stories edited by Teresa Griffin-Kennedy, that, if I understand uh, the overall theme, uh, are stories that depict variations of loneliness and quiet desperation. Among the other contributors to Beyond Where the Buses Run is our mutual friend, Robert Crane. Beyond Where the Buses Run, available through Grace Stone Press. I believe it will also be available at Amazon.com, the books are sold online very, very soon. What can you tell us about the story you wrote for Beyond Where the Buses Run, Joe?
1: It's, uh, it's titled Just Outside Lisbon, and it's a story of a guy um, very much, you know, my age. He's gotten to a point in his life where he's doing something that he probably, well, he definitely never saw himself doing, and he's living in a place where he never uh, thought he would live. And while he's driving to Lisbon, Ohio to perform this kind of maybe mundane task, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, he he flashes back as he's driving to uh, a life he had in New York City when he was younger, and he had high hopes of of uh, being a, a businessman and you know being a successful person and living you know uh, your typical uh, uh, life, American life, you know, with the picket fence and that that whole bit. But here he is out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, he flashes back to this point uh, where he very far first started doing kind of weird kind of uh, sketchy kind of uh, project kind of gig jobs before there was a gig economy and um, he puts himself in a precarious situation we learn a little bit about him and then we're back to him arriving to this place just outside of Lisbon to to meet this person, this mysterious person to uh, perform this somewhat apparently uh, on his face mundane task but we find out that Maybe it isn't, and maybe the person he's meeting is not who he expects, and maybe he is not who the reader expects, that's
0: kind of it. Just Outside Lisbon is one of uh, many uh, short stories that are featured in Beyond Where the Buses Run, Beyond Where the Buses Run. Anthology edited by Teresa Griffin-Kennedy. Joe Coyle is the author of Just Outside Lisbon, Beyond Where the Buses Run, uh, published by Greystone Press, available soon, Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. I have great respect for writers of short fiction, Joe. Whether we're talking about a short story, which is what Just Outside Lisbon is, Or short film, which we mentioned you've written and produced and directed several short films. And this may sound obvious, but one of the things that I respect writers of short fiction for is you have to be able to tell a complete story with the beginning, middle, and an end in a very confined amount of space. And not everybody can do that.
1: No, they can't. I've written a number of screenplays and this is uh, my motivation for for doing this was, uh, multiple motivations. But one of them was that if you write a screenplay, you know, you put your heart and soul in it and let's just say it's 120 pages, you know, because that's the idea, as you, you know, more than likely that uh, one page uh, is equal to one minute of screen time roughly. So now you have a two hour film and 120 pages. And that's, that's quite, quite a job uh, to do that. And, um, show it to your your cousin or your friend or whatever and it doesn't make sense to them that they start you know whatever whatever, you're you're working on this working on this working on this forever and ever and ever and then if you're lucky you get to submit it to someone assuming you know someone to submit it to and you submit it to that person and then more than likely if it's a person of any kind of standing they have a, a assistant who reads it and that assistant reads it and if they like it Fortunately for you it gets to the next the next level, but It's it's tough to get through to that next level and then the next level and then eventually to get into a meeting So assuming that you get to the meeting. Let's say that maybe three to five people read your your opus and, and Then it doesn't get made or if, if it does then that's great You hit the lotto, but it, it doesn't get made so for all this work that you did only a handful of people Read this. Whereas with a short story, if you can do what what you described, and and that is to you know put it all together within two thousand words, fifteen hundred words, twenty five hundred words, then you get into an anthology like this, and I guarantee you, quite a few more than five people are going to read it. And yeah. So, as as a writer, or any kind of artist, I I think. You, of course you enjoy the doing. You have to enjoy the doing because it's very, it's hard and intensive and gut-wrenching and you have to make tough decisions about these characters that you love. You may have to write them out or you may have to kill them or you may have to maim them or you may have to reduce the role or whatever it may be. Okay, so you do all this. Uh, You want someone to see your work. Do you want to become a millionaire? Maybe you do. Do you want a pat on the back? Maybe you do you want just someone to say that's nice thank you very much probably at least and that's to me that's one of the motivations for doing a, a short story it can get out there and people can see it and they can maybe it affects them in some way maybe after they read it as they're driving to work they think for a second hmm, that was really interesting i wonder wonder why he went to lisbon in the first place that didn't make sense you know, you, you know what i mean like that kind of thing and that's to me that's why that's why I wanted to do it. Now, now, what got me to do it was Bob, a few years ago, our good friend, Bob Crane, he was writing a, a book that you may or may, not, may or may not have seen. It was uh, Boomers, and he asked a bunch of friends who grew up in the baby boom generation, and uh, said, he, he gave them a list of questions or scenarios, and said, you know, write something about this. So, like, for instance, Vietnam, okay? And so you have five different people writing something about Vietnam, and it had to be short and concise. And he, he gave me like, and others, like 10 of these things. And so I couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it because I wanted to write something really good. And finally I said, I'm waking up at 5 o'clock every morning and I'm going to write, today I'm going to write Vietnam and tomorrow I'm going to rewrite Vietnam and I'm going to start, um, education or whatever the, the, the other, the other topic was or media or whatever it was, television. And, uh, and so over the course of two weeks, I did it, and that and, and it gave me the discipline that you talked about to write something that can live, you know, on its own, survive on its own, and um, that's how you become a good short story writer.
0: Joe Coyle and Robert Crane are two of the contributors to Beyond Where the Buses Run, Beyond Where the Buses Run, a collection of short stories edited by Teresa Griffin Kennedy. Uh, that is published by Grace Stone Press and will be available soon at Amazon.com, where books are sold online. Joe Coyle, working actor, working professional actor for more than, for almost 30 years, many screen credits uh, for television and major motion pictures. He has also uh, written and produced and directed several short films of his own, as well as produced several feature films. We'll talk some more with Joe Coyle at the end of our second hour. Among other things, we'll ask Joe how he first became attached to George Clooney as his stand-in, as well as how he became Ben Affleck's stand-in. All that and more when we continue our conversation with Joe Coyle at the end of our second hour. In the meantime, take a quick time out. Then Greg Airbar will join us for our DVD report next on TV Confidential. One more item, if you love Ella Fitzgerald, our friend Jeffrey Mark celebrates the music of the First Lady of Song every week on Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella. You can hear Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk